It's great to be with you this morning. We're going to jump right into our study, one that is probably a, a couple accounts throughout the Gospels that you've heard many times that you've read over, and if you're like me, you probably read these miracles that Jesus performed, or this, this miracle, rather, and thought, man, that's great, that's awesome. And that's what I thought for a long time whenever I would read these, this miracle that Jesus performed. And I recently went through and, and studied out in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where this woman comes to Jesus, and, and he heals her. And recently, as I dug deeper, I found some, a deeper meaning through what this woman had been through and what her life had looked like for 12 years leading up to this point where she meets Jesus. And you may already know what this account is. You may already know what this miracle that Jesus performed was. And this is the account where the woman touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and he says, thy faith hath made thee whole. We're going to read all three of these accounts. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three account what, what happened there. I don't know what John was doing. Don't ask me. But these are the three that, that wrote this down, so that's what we're going to look at. And they all three give us a different perspective, which I find interesting. They all three took different things from this account, from this interaction that, that Jesus had with this woman. And I think there's some questions that, that we can ask immediately upon reading this, and we'll ask those in just a moment. In Matthew chapter 9, the 20th verse there, where Matthew records this uh, interaction, he says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. We read this, this interaction and we go, man, that's awesome. Isn't that incredible? This woman had this problem for, for 12 years. And then she comes to Jesus and, and she doesn't talk to Jesus. She doesn't sit down with Jesus. He doesn't rub some special ointment on her head. They don't say any kind of special prayer together. But rather, he didn't even know she was there. And she comes behind and, and she touches the border of his clothes and it says Jesus turned to her. He wasn't even looking at her. And it says that woman was made whole from that hour. Immediately, she was made whole. She had no more problems from that moment on. What an incredible story. And he says what makes this woman whole. He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. And we'll read a couple more examples here of this same woman, but you can't help but wonder about this woman's faith. And if you're like me, you read this story and you can't help but then wonder about your own faith. Do I have this kind of faith? Do I have the kind of faith that would, that would come behind Jesus and, and be willing to know in your mind that if I just touch his clothes, then all my problems will go away? What incredible faith this woman had. Mark says in the 25th verse, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee? And sayest thou, who touched me? So, so Mark gives us a little bit more to go on here. 
He, he gives us a few more details about what's going on. He says, and he looked round about to see her that had done this thing, but when the woman, but the woman rather, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. I find this very interesting. He tells us a few more things. You know, Mark tells us that this woman suffered many things from many physicians. He tells us that she spent all that she had. And, and the kicker is, not only was she not any better, but Mark tells us that, that she grew worse. Over 12 years, this problem that she had became worse and worse and worse. And she knew, it says that she said, if I touch his clothes, I'll be whole. And immediately, the fountain of blood, as Mark describes, not only was this woman having this problem with bleeding, but Mark calls it a fountain of blood that was healed immediately. And then probably, I, I enjoy comedy, and I, I feel that Mark brings out some, if there's any comedy to be had in this story, this is where Mark brings that out. And this woman touches Jesus, and he immediately knows it, and he turns and says, well, who touched me? And the disciples are going, uh, Jesus, there's like a couple hundred people pressing in, trying to get close to you, and you're wondering who touched you. Maybe everybody? I'm not, I'm not sure. I, in, in my mind, I see all these people pushing and, and following Jesus and just a crowd of people gathered around him. Mark describes it, and I believe Luke will as well, as a press, that there's a press behind people pushing and shoving to get near him, which, when you think about it, makes the, makes the miracle even more impressive. Dozens, if not hundreds of people near Jesus, pushing, trying to get close to Jesus, all having problems of their own, most likely. And yet he, he knew when this one woman touched him because of her faith. Okay, Luke, in the 8th chapter, gives us the same interaction. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched or, or, or went away, it vanished. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and thou sayest, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. This truly is an amazing miracle that Jesus performed. What I want to do for the next probably 10 or so minutes is I want to just, we, we've read all we can about this woman, and I want to just imagine a few things. I want to read between the lines if we can and gather a little bit more information about what likely happened or what, what certainly could have happened at the least leading up to this interaction with Jesus in this woman's life. Now there's some slightly graphic things that, that we can imagine with this woman's problem, her, her issue of blood. She was bleeding for 12 years. And I want to imagine what, what that might have been like. So the Bible says an issue of blood, and we'll read about that here in just a moment in Leviticus. But what this likely means is that this woman was bleeding from a very private area for 12 years. And so for us men, that's probably going to be harder to imagine what that was going to be like, living with that for 12 years. But we'll read some more evidence as to why, why I believe that's the case. Think about this woman bleeding for 12 years. Think about having any, any health issue for 12 years. This woman was bleeding. I want you to just imagine, if you will, for, for a moment, bleeding from the tip of your finger for 12 years. Where, where were you 12 years ago? I, I turned 26 this year, so 12 years ago, I was 14 years old. I was a freshman in high school. 
bleeding all through high school. From the end, how hard would that have been? Bandages, complete, uh, constantly changing and removing bandages. It getting worse and worse. I go through high school and I graduate high school. I go into college. I went there four years, bleeding the entire time. Think about how that would have changed my social interactions, how constantly maybe I was getting up in the night and changing bandages. I went to college four years. I've been out of college four years now, bleeding, 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 nothing getting better, but rather getting worse each and every day. Imagine how difficult that would be. Imagine what a burden that was for this woman. She wasn't bleeding from the end of her finger. I just wonder if we can put ourselves in the place of this woman. What I see is desperation. You know, if we go back to the beginning, to 12 years before this interaction occurred, we have a woman who just has started this disease, as, as the Bible calls it, this problem with her bleeding. And you've got to imagine this probably went on for a little while, and she thought, well, this is, this is trouble. I've got, a, I've got a health issue. I've got a problem here. And I assume she saved up some money, and, and she did what anybody would do, and she went to the doctor. And she probably put her faith in that doctor. Goes, if, if I go to the doctor, he's going to fix me. He's going to know what my problem is. He's going to get me some help. And she goes to the doctor, and he reassures her that everything's going to be okay, that he's a competent doctor, and that he can handle this problem, and he can get her fixed up, that he's seen something like this before. And I don't know what a doctor in that day would have done, maybe given her some kind of ointment, given her some kind of medicine or, or some kind of diet and regimen to be on. And she left that doctor visit with, with a lot of security, with a lot of hope, with a lot of trust in that physician. And she went home and she did what that doctor told her to do. And she woke up the next morning bleeding. And I don't know, I'm sure she probably told mom and told her best friend or I don't know how old the woman was. Maybe she told her husband, I don't know. And they did just what we do today. Did you really do exactly what he told you to do? Did you do it exactly like he said? And so she tries again for a few more days and, and she's still bleeding. And so she does what any of us would do. She goes back to the doctor and he goes, oh, okay, all right, well, I'm gonna give you the real stuff this time. We're really going to fix you. Oh, oh, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. And they, they give her this new medicine or, or this new thing to try. And she goes home with all the hope in the world yet again, with all the faith in this doctor again, trusting that whatever he told her to do is going to fix her. And she goes home and she wakes up the next morning bleeding. Luke tells us that this woman had spent all her living physician. Anything she had, she sold it. And she went to another doctor and another doctor and another doctor and another doctor for 12 years, and didn't get better, but got worse. Imagine the burden that this woman carried. Imagine her, her issues with cleanliness. You know, we, we get a cut on our finger, or on our hand, or on our arm, and we're worried about getting infected. And that may last a few days, maybe less. She probably got pretty weak. You know, we, we know people that are anemic, they have problems with, with blood, and, and they are very lightheaded a lot of times. This woman probably went around trying to do her daily activities, struggling being weak, unable to complete her daily tasks and chores. Mark told us that this woman suffered many things of many physicians. Let me tell you, you, you a long, long time before 12 years, doctors are going to start experimenting on you, going, well, okay, we can try this. And the Bible tells us that for 12 years, she lived without a penny to her name because she sold everything that she had. Every, every penny that she had, she spent on physicians. And they made her suffer, and she got worse and worse and worse. I want to understand this woman's struggle. She was, she was suffering. She was poor. She didn't have anything to her name. You know, it probably took her weeks between doctor visits, between going to see the physician to, to try and make some money or save up some money just to go see the next one, all for her health to continue to get worse and worse and worse. And think about how her hope was dwindling 
over those 12 years. I tell you, we got a problem today. We go see the doctor and we go, he's going to fix us. They're, they're going to give us our, our medicine that we need and we're going to feel better. And, and it happens a lot of times. Sometimes we go and it doesn't work. And imagine this, this happening to you for 12 years, getting worse and worse and worse, nothing seeming to help. The Bible says she suffered many things. The Bible says in poverty, she spent all that she had. Imagine selling everything that you have, going home today, and there being nothing in your house. Everything that was there, you sold for pennies on the dollar just so you could go see another doctor. The Bible says that there's nothing better, but she... When I tell you, I think the worst problem that this woman had wasn't any of these things that we've talked about yet. And I'm not going to have these verses on the screen, so if you'll turn with me to Leviticus chapter 15, I want to read and get a little bit better understanding about this problem that was not unheard of in this woman's time. That was not something that the Bible didn't teach on in the day and age, I, so to say, that the woman lived under. This, this was taught about in the, law, uh, in the old law. Let's try verse number 25 of Leviticus chapter 15. That verse there says, And if a woman have an issue of blood many days out of the time of her separation, longer than this woman was supposed to, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of her issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation. She shall be unclean. The Bible tells us that not only is this woman bleeding and, and poor and suffering for 12 years, but the people around her consider her unclean. The, the scriptures consider her unclean. Verse 26 says, Every bed whereon she lieth, all the days of her issue shall be unto her as the bed of her separation, and whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean as the uncleanness of her separation. And so it gets even worse. Not only is she unclean, anything she sits on, any bed that she lies on, anything that she touches is unclean. And whosoever toucheth those things shall be unclean, and shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean, till the even. It gets even worse. Not only is she unclean or the things that she touched considered unclean, but anyone that touches the things that she touched is now considered unclean. And, and furthermore, they have to go and wash and they can't be with their family. They can't be around anybody else or they'll make them unclean if they get near them or if they touch them. They got to stay away from people for a day. Verse 28 says, But if she be cleansed of her issue, then shall she number her to herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. Not only is she unclean, not only is anything that she touches or sits on or lays on unclean, not only is anybody that touches those things unclean, but once she has been cleansed of this issue, once she's been healed of this disease and healed of this problem, that, then she has to sit out for another seven days. And she still runs the risk of making somebody else unclean. Think about this woman again. Think about her situation. Poor, suffering, getting worse day by day, her hope dwindling every time she sees a doctor and nothing changes. And to make matters so much worse, she is unclean. If you don't know what that would have been like, that means that nobody wants to be around this woman. Her, her friends aren't going to go out and get coffee with her. You're not coming to my house and, and sitting on my chairs. You're unclean. I'm not going to come over to your house and touch you. I'm not going to be caught being near you in public. Because you know what? People aren't going to want to be around me then. What an awful situation this woman was in. I think I can prove that this was her situation based on her interaction with Jesus and based on how she was acting. Luke says that she came behind Jesus and touched the border of his garment. 
Let me tell you, it's a bad thing if you're considered unclean and you go touch somebody. You, you would be an outcast. But to touch Jesus, ooh, <laughs> to make Jesus unclean, we got a problem. Let me tell you, this woman was scared. She had been alone for 12 years. Uh, rarely, rarely a human interaction for 12 years. Alone, scared, weak, bleeding. And her faith propelled her to go and, and get within arm's length of the Son of God. She was desperate. She needed some help. Jesus felt that virtue go out of him, as, as, uh, as Luke tells us, or, or maybe it was Mark. As she gets close enough to him, as she, as she crawls and, and creeps through the crowd and gets near Jesus and touches his clothes, it says, Jesus says that he felt that virtue go out of him. And he turns and, and he wants to know who touched me. And everybody denies it. And let me tell you, she was probably hiding behind the tallest man there. Wasn't me. <laughs> I don't know who touched you. And when they figured out, when it was apparent that nobody had touched him, it says that the woman, whenever she realized she wasn't hidden, whenever she realized that, that they knew it was her, you know, probably people knew what, what her problems were. People knew what her issue was. Twelve years, word gets out. People know to stay away from her. It says she came trembling and falling down. Before. She was out of options. Her hope was dwindling. And Jesus was her last chance and her best chance at finding reprieve, at finding relief, at having a normal life. She was suffering. She was poor. She was getting worse. And she was unrejected. Nobody wants to be around this woman. She was alone. And then she put her faith in the What an amazing, what an amazing account of faith. You know, oftentimes in our lives we have problems with sin or maybe it's health issues. I don't, I don't know what it is. And I know that while Jesus does interact with us somewhat differently than he did in, in the time that this woman walked the earth, and the time that Jesus walked the earth, how our problems would go away if we would truly put our faith in the Lord. This woman was humbled, to say the least. She didn't have anything. She didn't own not one item. She sold all that she had. She gave everything that she could, and she put her faith in the Lord. And I want to tell you what happened. I want to show you what happened to this woman. The moment that she put her faith in the Lord, the moment that she came near to Jesus and touched his garment. And I think the most unique thing and the most incredible thing and, and the same thing that may happen with us today or rather does happen with us today, Luke says that once this woman touched Jesus, she turned to Jesus, or rather, he turned to this woman and he said, daughter, and he recognized this as one of his own because of her. This is what Jesus does for us today when we, when we come to him in baptism. This is what Jesus does for his children today who maybe have, have left the fold, who maybe have have strayed away from him in sin or for some other reason. He proves that for us in the story of the prodigal son, doesn't he? When Jesus sees us today, when, when, a, Christ, when a, a non-Christian comes and is baptized into Christ, he's, he knows them as a child. He immediately recognizes When we come to Jesus today as children of his who have maybe strayed away from him, gotten caught up in life, he says the same thing he says to them. He says, daughter or son, and he recognizes. He assures this woman that she needs to be of good comfort that her problems have been taken care of. He says, go in peace. A luxury that this woman had not had for 12 years. Comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. I want to ask you this morning, what will you do with your We see what this woman did with her faith. She, she went all in on Christ. She had nothing left to give. She had no hope left. And she put it all on Christ. Will you trust in the world today with your faith? Luke says, in a certain ruler, asking him here with the story of the rich young ruler, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good except one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And the rich young ruler said to him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus, now when he, or excuse me, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet 
Lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me, Jesus says. And when he had heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? I don't know what this woman had before she had this issue and she had this disease, but it was more than she had 12 years later. And maybe, just maybe it took her losing everything to see Jesus. Sometimes that happens. Maybe that's happened for you. I, I don't know. Maybe it took you losing everything that you had to see Jesus. That's what Jesus was trying to get this rich young ruler to see as well. You, you, can't, you can't truly come to me, Jesus is basically telling him, until you get rid of all your things because that's where his faith was. Jesus says, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? You know what he was really saying? How hardly shall they that have riches put their faith in me? Their faith is in something else. Today, with, with your faith, do you put that in the things of this world? Do you put that in your money, in your possessions, in your, in your cars, into entertainment? Jesus says, how hardly shall they that put their faith in their money or in their entertainment or in their joys of this earth enter into the kingdom of God? Solomon gives us an incredible example about this. When Solomon... It says, the Bible says that he builded all the things he could build. He, he had everything that he wanted. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, Solomon says, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. The richest man that ever walked the earth, the wisest man that ever walked the earth, he looks at everything that he had, having more money than, than anybody you could ever imagine put together, having more things than everyone here put together. And he looks at that and he says, it was a waste of time. It was a waste of money. It was a waste of energy. He went out and, and committed all the sin he could have. It was a waste. It was vanity. It was vexation of spirit. He and this woman are, are the exact opposite in some ways. He went out and just had everything that he could have. And she went out and spent everything that she could spend trying to get better. And while they're on polar opposites of, of that spectrum, I guess so to say, they both came to the same conclusion. It's all vanity and vexation that we have to put our faith in. Will you hope with your faith today? Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I looked at this verse a little differently than I have before. I read some commentaries and, and looked at some, some of the definitions and meanings behind a couple of the, the key words in this verse here. We know this verse, that, but if we look at it a little bit differently, the word substance there can, can also mean the word confidence or, or reality. And that word reality really stuck out to me today. The word hope there can also mean to trust, like we've defined kind of before, that it's not what you put your hope in, what you put your faith in. But if we read that a little bit differently, it makes a lot of sense to me today. Now, faith is the reality of the things that we put our faith in, the things that we put our trust in, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is the reality. We see that today, don't we? What we put our faith in, what we put our trust in, we make our reality. Let me tell you, if you today want to go out and you want to make a bunch of money, you can make that your reality. If you want to have all the cars you, you could possibly have, if you want whatever that job is that you want, you could probably make that your reality today. Or we can make faith in the Lord our reality. The Bible tells us now faith is the reality of the things that we hope for, the things that we put our... Will you keep your faith? Paul tells us that he, in verse number 7, fought a good fight, finished the course, and kept the faith. He kept that trust in the Lord, the same trust that that, that woman had that touched the hem of Jesus' garment. We can put our faith and our trust in the world and in the riches of the world. We can 
hope with our faith for heaven, like we read in Hebrews chapter 11, we can keep our faith. I'm going to ask you this morning, will you serve the kingdom with your faith? Later on in Hebrews, it says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Today, with your faith, I urge you to serve the kingdom. Put your faith in the Lord, not, not in the things of this world. They're, they're vanity, they're vexation of spirit, they're a waste of time. We've seen from people who, who had everything they wanted. We probably know people who've got a lot of money and are not very happy. I, I, I know people who've got a lot of money and aren't happy. I know people who are poor and aren't happy. But I know a lot of people who have put their faith in the Lord and are some of the happiest people I know. Serve the kingdom with your faith. To, don't let your faith go to waste. Make serving the kingdom your reality today. Make serving the people here your reality. I think the biggest question that, that has to come up for me after reading about this woman and understanding her struggles and understanding her problems and seeing what all she went through is to recognize and ask the question, what are you today without your faith? Let me tell you, what does God see whenever he looks at somebody that doesn't have the faith this woman had in Jesus? What did God see? What did, what did Jesus see at the core of that rich young ruler when he looked at him and he said, you gotta take everything and you gotta sell it and give it to the poor? He looks at us the same way. If we're hanging on to things, if we're putting our trust in the world, Think about this woman. I want to tell you what she was without her faith. This woman without her faith in Jesus, she was unclean, poor, weak, suffering, a, re- a reject, a lonely loser, an outcast, the outcast of all outcasts. She was nothing without her faith, and we're not any different. We look at this woman and we go, what a sad story. What an awful place to be at. And if we don't put our faith in Christ, like Jesus looks at us the same way. He looks at you and go, what a sad What a sad person. What a loser. What a reject. But she put her faith. And Jesus looked at her and he said, daughter. And he owned her from that moment. He says, be of good comfort. Go in peace. Thy faith hath made thee whole. I'm going to ask you, will you reach out today and touch the Lord's garment? We can do the same thing. Jesus isn't here with us physically. We're not going to reach out and touch his clothes today. But you can spiritually. If you're a, a Christian today and you've strayed away from Christ, you can reach out and touch his the hem of his garment. You can be made whole. You can go in comfort today. You can go in peace today by reaching out and touching him. If you're not a Christian today, you can reach out and touch the hem of our Lord's garment in baptism. You know, in the time this woman lived, baptism wasn't instituted yet. And for us, the way that we do that is through baptism if you're not a Christian. I urge you, if there's any spiritual need you may have, let it be known by coming forward as we stand and stand.